0: Hi, welcome to Dave and Cole's podcast. Um, we're talking about two movies today. Uh, one that I've been looking forward to, Cocaine Bear. And then the other one is Galaxy Quest, which is an older movie. And we kind of paired them together because they're big budget comedies. Um, obviously, like they're also genre-bending. So Galaxy Quest is like sci-fi comedy. Cocaine Bear is like horror comedy. Cocaine Bear just came out. Uh, it's directed by Elizabeth Banks, and Galaxy Quest came out in 1999, which is forever ago. Babies have been born that are now <laughs> adults. Um, directed by Dean Parisot, who's done a lot of TV. Um, so I'm going to start with Galaxy Quest, because if you haven't seen it, you should have seen it by now. It's kind of become a cult classic over time. Um, it's, it's a good movie. It's a parody of Star Trek. Uh, but it's also kind of got heart and these things um has a good cast actually tim allen is the weakest in the cast uh it's i'll let you take over usually talk about what it's about
1: (laughs) yeah no absolutely so um for anyone who isn't in the know uh galaxy quest is a film that is kind of both lampooning and celebrating star trek star trek culture um but, but more than just star trek kind of kind of uh, how we uh, nostalgically hold on to things um, while kind of overlooking the importance uh, of, of those things and, and I'll get into what I mean by that but um, the film takes place in 1999 and it's funny that 1999 is is the year because that was probably the best year in film of the last like 30 years. Uh, 1999 is historically known as a very very strong year um, and you had the a big lot of film of 1999. Well, I mean, you can go down the list. It's the year. Uh, it's the it's the coming out of directors. So let me just go down a quick list, and there, there's a reason that this is important. Um, so Fight Club, David Fincher. You know, obviously, swinging yeah. um, big. Eyes Wide Shut, Stanley Kubrick's last film. Magnolia, Paul Thomas Anderson's opus. Six Sense, M. Night Shyamalan's debut. The Matrix um being john Melkovich, the iron giant american beauty toy story 2 the green mile man in the moon i mean it goes on and on and on office space talented mr ripley the reason this is important for this discussion is because galaxy quest is a cult film but only because it was overlooked in the theater it's it's got all the trappings of being a, a pretty good size budget uh crowd pleaser um so, what the film is uh it's nineteen ninety nine It's twenty years since basically these characters' version of Star Trek has ended. um The show was a huge hit, but now all these car- all these actors are washed up and they're kind of living off different cons uh comic con type events um and, and kind of living off that celebrity but uh little do they know they have a chance encounter with a actual alien race um this alien race has viewed the series. It's been broadcast out into space and they've received those messages as what they call historical documents. In short, the aliens don't realize that it's a TV show. They think it's historic, it's history. So they come to uh, to find the cast and they ask them for help to save their people. Um, but what works so well is that and you mentioned Dean Pariseau, the director, is a TV director, and he's the perfect choice, because this has the look and feel of those 1950s, 1960s Star Trek sets, the costumes, the lighting. It's all so spot on. And this is something we'll talk about with Cocaine Bear. But even though this is almost this is kind of a parody of of like you know a classic era um, sci-fi, it's also a loving tribute. It does everything it needs to very well. It's got the heart. It's got the full fleshed out characters. I mean, they give you enough that every character counts. Um, I, I just has, I really
0: like the film. It has a lot going for it. I mean, I think this time, I think when I watched it. When i first saw it i liked it when i saw it the second time i liked it even more and this third time i've actually come back a little bit because it just it's so old the film is 20 years old sure. now. um but the cast is great i would i would again say with the exception of tim allen who's the main guy Tim Allen is totally serviceable in this role, and he's he's basically he's Buzz, Buzz Lightyear. Lightyear. Yeah, he's all Buzz Lightyear over again. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, 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 I was thinking uh, and, it, Did he get Buzz well, Lightyear? fair, fair play, movie.
1: fair play to Allen, because Lights like person. the reality is, is that Allen is a TV actor who had two franchises. He had Toy Story, and he had the Santa Claus. Um, yeah, and I mean, it just so happened that Toy projects. Story two came out this year.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he picks good projects. Um, but everybody else, like Sam Rockwell. Sigourney Weaver um, Tony Shaloub all had pretty...
1: Alan Rickman Alan Rickman is the heart of the movie Alan Rickman is the heart of this movie I
0: mean all and, of those and, people had massive careers yes Yes. Um,
1: well, Alan, I mean, to this day, every single time, I know it's coming. So so I watched this movie with Jess, uh, my lady friend, for the first... She had never seen it before. Um, and she really liked it as well. She's not, like, into, you know, classic Star Trek or anything. But, you know, a good movie is going to work if, you know, no matter who the audience is. and And this movie works. But that scene where... Where Alan Rickman, who's this in the in the film, he's this classically trained English actor, and and this uh, TV show was like his his one for them, but it's also the only hit he ever had, so he's still living off of it. But anyway, the whole movie's playing up to this moment because Alan Rickman kind of finds the fans insufferable. They're always asking him to say this quote, and he just he just grits his teeth and bears it. But there's a movie, or there's a moment later on in the film where the character legitimately the quote fits and he says it and it's powerful and there's heart and there's emotion and you believe it and it you know it's that full circle
0: for the character but the movie has that for most the of these characters yes alan rickman yes. elevates the movie as he should huh. as, he elevates. As, as he does every film he's in you know who else i think is overlooked in this movie enrico colin tony oh yes who plays the lead alien the lead yeah. alien he, he is fantastic. They, I don't know who invented that way of speaking that they speak, but it's, it's gold. <laughs> it's comedy well, gold.
1: And, and like, like Alan Rickman, like, uh, so there are characters here who are, are strictly here for, for comedic relief. Tony Shalhoub being one of them. He's hilarious. It's deadpan. But he's the comedy relief. But one of the things that's so difficult to balance is you know these aliens. They talk funny. They move funny. They look funny. But um, what's his name? What's the actor's name? Enrico? Colin Tony. Enrico. Yes. Is fantastic at, at walking that line between he is funny. There's something inherently funny about him. But there's a sadness. There's a deep emotion because this is a character there's, who there's is overseeing. There's a overseen. lot of innocence. Yes, yeah. and he's overseeing literally the the last of his people are on this ship. His planet has been destroyed. His people have been wiped out. There is an immense sadness here, but also a joy because he genuinely believes that Alan, or that Tim Allen and this group of actors are going to be his salvation, and his people's so, salvation.
0: So what was your rating for this movie on this, uh, this watching? It can change, you know, as you so watch it. So I have... I kind of do, There again, I kind of have two, right? There's the standard rating
1: that, okay, out of all movies ever made, where would I rate this? And then there's the, the um, yeah. Olympic rating, right? Um, and so, like, if, if I say that if this movie did everything right, if it did every single thing right, the max that this type of movie would ever get is like an eight, eight and a half, mm-hmm. I would give this an eight, eight and a half. so it's a 10 out of 10 as far as the type of movie it is but i would give it like a solid eight in my overall grade
0: yeah i think that's about right i think i think when i saw it the second time i i thought of it as being like a real true classic kind of like the princess bride almost but but now that i'm watching it again i'm like oh there's there's good stuff in this movie but it doesn't age quite as well um and, well, and part of that is a stylistic of, choice, right? Because because they
1: part are that the the style of the film is meant to look like cheap sets and stuff from the fifties and sixties, and so that only ages it more inherently.
0: There's there's limitations in other ways too. I think to, you know what they could do. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, and and so I'm going to use that as my transition here to Cocaine Bear. So. Um, I'm going to just start by saying, I'm not sure you can spoil cocaine bear. I'm, I feel like the title says it all. (laughs) And, uh, you get, it's an absurdist movie. There's no such thing as spoiling it. You get what you pay for. And like, if you went in there to see a bear on cocaine, that's, that's what you'll get. Um, I think that there are a lot of missed opportunities here. Um, I wouldn't go into how that is. Um, I'll just talk about the basic plot of Cocaine Bear. Bear finds some cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> there's, three other, there's three other stories, um, or four other stories, which basically fill the movie with characters to be killed, hmm. um, which is great. That's exactly what this movie should have been. Um, this is, I, I want to say this is Elizabeth Banks' second movie. She's directed a few movies. She did,
1: um, yeah, she did so Charlie's Angels, Pitch Perfect 2, um, and then I think some other small stuff. Like she directed a segment in that movie, Movie 43.
0: But, um, yeah,
1: yeah, she's primarily known for her comedic
0: acting roles. Yeah, I feel like she knows what she's doing here. I thought it was kind of hilarious that in the beginning of the film, it says like an Elizabeth Banks film, like a Quentin Tarantino film. Like this is my, yeah. this is my stamp. I'm putting my stand, you know? Um, yeah. I think, I think that um, the place where this movie really comes up short actually is that there's not enough cocaine there. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I'll, let, I'll, I'll let you talk and then I'll come back with my rewritten ending. I have an ending that I have rewritten. I have a new ending for the
1: movie. I'm excited to hear it. Um, So yeah, you touched on it in your intro, but this is basically a slasher movie uh, if the slasher was a bear who was fucking amped up on cocaine. Um, But... Uh, I agree with you. Um, I enjoyed the movie. I thought it was really funny. You know, like I knew what I was getting when I found out Elizabeth Banks was the director because she's very funny. She's very very talented. She's got quick wit. Um, this is kind of a dumbed down movie for yeah. her, but but it, it's it's doing again mm-hmm. what it's intended it, from a comedic side. I do think, like you, that. Um, whether I don't know if it was an MPA ratings thing or if it was just them they're trying to play to the most common denominator, but um it didn't go far enough in the horror, in the grisly horror. Like there was some well, I didn't there was more some, of that
0: I was happy with the amount of blood and mauling. That was perfect for me actually. Well,
1: well I, I think it's fine in how they portray it, but I just mean like, um I wanted to see a movie where there's maybe, like, I, I you, you, you touched on it earlier, you said there's a, it's about a bear and cocaine, and then there's three other stories, and that's how I wanted them to treat it, um, because it ended up feeling like all these characters are disposable, but it wasn't filmed that way, right? It was filmed to, to try to make you actually care about these characters and to have story arcs and this and that. I want just... Uh, you know carnage for the bear i don't need more violence or more gore i want more carnage i want the bear to just be fucking going nuts there's a there's some moments of that it hints at that but just not enough to to earn yeah. the cocaine bear type name for me
0: there's an actually there's an ambulance scene which is probably the highlight of this highlight it's in yes. the trailer a lot yes so yes. i would say that's probably the peak of the movie
1: and and that's what that's what i wanted and- the movie
0: to be right and i think that they were going on a pretty good a little bit of a slow es- escalation but pretty good escalation up until that point and then past that point they needed to go they needed to double down one more time yes 100%. <laughs> and so that may have been due to budgetary reasons so the budget for this let's, film let's talk about that was 30 million dollars and yeah, the theme again was big-budget comedies. I looked up Galaxy Quest was $45 million adjusted In for inflation, dollars. About yeah. which I did the calculation. Adjusted for inflation is $81 million. Yes. The other one I looked up was what I consider probably the GOAT of big-budget comedies, which is Ghostbusters. Mm. It's $39 million adjusted for inflation, $87 million. Yep. So rated line
1: with galaxy quest, right?
0: So this movie is trying to be a $90 million movie on a $30 million budget. Yeah. So that could be the reason why there's not an ambulance, another ambulance scene (laughs) or a scene that's double the ambulance scene. It's like they, they kind of blew their money in the middle. Um, when they really needed a little bit, they needed another thing to end to close it out. Um, you know, you've got to end your movie strong because that's what people remember. I think I heard yeah. that in Adaptation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um,
1: A great film. So here's my
0: ending that I've rewritten. Here's my ending that I've rewritten. They can use it if they want to re- remake the movie. Somebody should have figured out that the, that because the bear was on cocaine, it could not be killed. It simply could not be killed. <laughs> the only way to kill this bear is to give cocaine to another animal like a oh, bull genius. or What, what an animal? antelope or something, it's, it's a crocodile. I don't really care. It doesn't matter. Maybe even another bear. And then, ha- mm. and then, you know, the cocaine is kind of like uh, gamma rays to the Hulk. You yes. Know? Um, you know, in Marvel movies, often one of the heroes gets like a ring or something or some kind of MacGuffin, and then the villain has the exact same powers because they get the MacGuffin too. They should have mm-hmm. made cocaine the MacGuffin that gives you superpowers. I love it. Now, some people would say that's not how cocaine works. And I would say, I don't know how cocaine works. <laughs> I also don't know how bears work. And you can't <laughs> tell me that a bear on cocaine is stronger than like, a, I'm going to say bull, a bull on cocaine. Bear versus bull feels very Oh, like yeah. Yeah, classic. I like it. Um, well, and, and then just have like a CG fight at the end.
1: It. It has me thinking too, okay, so <laughs> as you were talking about, I love that by the way, uh, but as you were talking about that, it made me start thinking about the the um, requels or reboots or whatever they're called of the, of the Jurassic World movies, right, because my thing with the Jurassic World movies is that they're they're so stupid that they should be great, they're just incompetently made. I feel like this movie was actually really well made, but didn't go as absurdist um, as it should have, and, and and I think you just hit a home run as to why. So, like, if you look at the Jurassic World movies, Chris Pratt's character is literally training raptors and riding motorcycles as they run through the jungle and listen to his commands. Like, that's the dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard, but it works because of how stupid it is. Well, if you would have had one of these characters... Glass Onion
0: was the dumbest.
1: Well, Glass Onion Onion is the dumbest movie that thinks it's smart. (laughs) Jurassic World knows what it is, and it has fun with it. Um, but yes, glass onion, that fucking piece of shit. Now you're, uh, oh God, I don't, anyway, I can't get off on another glass onion, onion tangent, but, I did it for, um, I did it for my own amusement. well so let's say that uh because we have like two different groups of thugs in this movie what if one of those groups would have been made like an animal trainer of some kind right you could have had them be a rodeo where then they have a bull maybe they're bull riders and so they give this bull cocaine and then this bull that has that they've trained now is their circus i don't care yeah something you you set it up and you pay it off
0: yeah, but but you know what's funny about your ending though is that one of the I things care I like about if they decide to give cocaine to the ants and the ants overrun the bear that would have been good fire ants yeah <laughs> um, but you know <laughs> it, Just something really I dumb. am kind
1: of second I am kind of second guessing this because as much as I love what you said one of the things I do like about the movie and this is a full on spoiler uh, for anybody that cares um, uh, not that we can spoil cocaine and bear but uh, they don't. They ultimately don't make the bear the villain. The bear is a mother who is overlooking its cubs, right. and it's that only crazy of because of the cocaine. Unnecessary. But, and and they don't kill the bear. The bear and its cubs live happily ever after. I like
0: they that. I like
1: the fact I that this is not. Like that. You know. Oh, I. I, I, I was, mean, happy was okay
0: with it. with it. I don't. I don't hate that they didn't kill the bear. I don't hate it. I just. I just felt like it has to climax in that direction. You know, like you like let's take the slasher example right they always kill chucky at the end chucky comes back sure you know Mm -hmm. but they always you have to kill him in some symbolic way um one of of the funniest things actually was i was cracking up i'm gonna spoil this too at the very end of the movie where they kind of kill the bear and then the cocaine powder comes down like popeye's spinach (laughs) And I just kept thinking about Popeye that whole time. (laughs) Yeah,
1: Yeah, Yeah. 100%. Yeah, the the bear full on has a resurrection from just some cocaine dust.
0: I feel like I want a remake of Popeye with cocaine too now.
1: Oh, Oh, that would be great. Like his spinach is actually actually like uh, some type of... I guess you could do straight cocaine. That'd be fine. It could be cocoa leaves with cocaine. It just does a line. Yeah. <laughs> and Olive Oil is a crackhead. Something, yeah. And uh, Blue Dose or Pimp.
0: There so, go. He's got yeah, a oh, oh man, yeah. we
1: need to remake Popeye.
0: <laughs> so, um, a few of the things to, I think, compare these two movies. Uh, biggest one, I'll just say, I think that... I think the source of all this is the budget. But that said, you know, I'm still gonna I'm still gonna critique a little bit. what, what what's cat... your rating real quick for Cocaine oh, Bear? For Cocaine Bear? Uh six. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. I mean it's 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 kind of a shame too, because I did like it. Mm-hmm. And um, It's fun.
1: It's enjoyable. I'll never watch it again.
0: There's yeah. I was so hype for it because I love the concept of a bear on cocaine
1: as some kind
0: of, again, like, force of nature, like, you know, unstoppable, like the Hulk of bears. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Also, there's a... Well, I'll also say that there, in the other subplots, they kind of don't develop those very well either. Like, the kids are in the beginning, but then they disappear, only to not interact with the bear again, really. Um, honestly, they could have had a good five minutes maybe save some money of just having the kids do cocaine that would have made me laugh I've never yeah. seen kids do cocaine in a movie I don't yeah. know if you can show that without a yeah. worse rating rated X or something But, but well those they, kids they, they ate the cocaine they did but they didn't seem yeah. to react at all to it
1: Well, yeah, that's the thing, too. It's uh, it's kind of like one of those Shining scenarios, right? Stephen King said he didn't like Jack Nicholson in The Shining because he's crazy from the get-go. Like, these Uh kids are both kind of coked up from the get-go, so even after they do coke, you don't really get
0: that sense. I would have loved to have seen them do more coke. And just get really yeah. into that shit. The whole movie. Like, that's why the yeah. bear is chasing them. Because these
1: kids have all the coke and they're doing it. Sure. And the bear wants the coke. So he's, like, following these kids. Right. Like, that would be a legitimate reason for the bear or to even follow just these kids. bring
0: back the Woody Allen where he sneezes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 And yeah. just blow it all in the one kid's face. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. I think I'm feeling something. <laughs> or like
1: like at the end after after the threat is averted like one of the kids e- either the boy or the girl doesn't matter or both like they start walking around all funny and then they grab their heart and <laughs> a, heart attack a and die heart from attack. all the coke that they've done <laughs> oh
0: man yeah or nosebleed yeah
1: yeah,
0: yeah. but um, uh you know overall i there's, i just some good cocaine jokes that they could have brought back
1: yeah
0: <laughs> Old um, cocaine jokes
1: I, I think I think the the big difference between these two movies is that Cocaine Bear is a short lived experience. Uh, you know, it's fun in the moment. It doesn't stick with you. Whereas Galaxy Quest, because of the heart, because of the love it has for the genre. Um, this is a movie that we'll continue to come back to every five or 10 years and watch and have a chuckle with, whereas Cocaine Bear is more of a, this was fun, but it it didn't live up. I mean, like this movie should have had Nicolas Cage versus a Cocaine Bear. They're both doing coke. I mean, it should have been balls to the wall crazy and it just doesn't quite get there. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's
0: not going to be a memorable movie down the road. They could have brought in a guy too, like Jaws you know they yeah. that nicholas then...
1: cage should have played the quint of this movie right. he's a bear he's hunter a, a notorious kid. fucking bear hunter <laughs> bear he's got all the, yeah. he's got this bear claw necklace you know right. and he's just smoking a cigar just i killed bears for fun you know that we kind could of shit find him
0: in the woods yeah. He just lives yeah, yeah in the woods
1: oh yeah. yeah he's a poacher he's a poacher of bears he's the bad guy and in the end, this is how you do your climax and keep the bear alive. In the end, we realize that Nicolas Cage's cocaine uh, predator uh, uh, hunter is the is the real villain, and the cocaine bear takes him out.
0: There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Why yeah. not? Come on, Hollywood. Cool. Yeah. Um, I think that's a wrap for these guys. Yeah. What are you recommending this week, Dave? Uh Oh man. So I I do love Star Trek. I am a Trek guy. I actually love the original Star Trek the most. um, From like, it's like the 50s or the 60s um, with Shatner. So modern Star Trek, like Discovery, I hate. Uh, I don't really like the J.J. Abrams stuff. I feel like they've lost the whole thread of what made Star Trek great, which is um, this idea of a brighter future, of working together. You know, they've eliminated a lot of the things like hunger. You know, um, there's a lot of really h- great hope for the future in Star Trek, um, that is just gone. It's gone, and so I—it's really just dumbed like... down. It, I mean, it's like action, Star yeah. Trek just, is, is a it's just, yeah. It's just gratuitous. Star action, Trek is yeah.
1: about discussion and it's about thoughts and ideas and and you know, morality. Uh, Thinking over a problem, right? I really And, love, and the new yeah. Trek is about, about fucking
0: shooting laser weapons. Right. It's, all, it's a lot of action and no social commentary. Social commentary... I mean, I like action too, but the social commentary sci-fi is always my favorite. So if you haven't watched it, I'm going to recommend the Orville. So the Orville is Seth MacFarlane's um, take on Star Trek. So instead of the Federation, there's the Union... But what's interesting is that Seth MacFarlane definitely sold this as a parody to, to Fox. So it started out with the first episode has a lot more family guy style jokes, but by the third episode, they're doing Star Trek. They're just doing next generation straight next generation. And you look into it, they actually hired a lot of the people who were showrunners and makeup artists and all these all these kinds of positions for the original, not the original series, the next generation series. So when you watch the Orville, you're kind of watching next generation all over again. Mm -hmm. And so the same thing, they have good, good casting, good social commentary, witty dialogue. Um, There are a lot more jokes in it than, you know, than, Next generation. I mean, it's a
1: Seth MacFarlane project. Of course, it's going to have it, jokes.
0: Yeah, It is, but it isn't, is what I'm saying. So if you watch the first two episodes, you're actually going to watch a different show than the whole rest of the series. Because mm-hmm. I think he sold it with a pilot. He sold it with this kind of, you know, there was some guy looking over his shoulder. Actually, 30 Rock is the same way. She sold it as like The Office. So the first yeah. episode looks kind of like The Office. But then it it goes like Looney Tunes. It gets sillier and sillier because that's her style. Um, mm-hmm. So the, so even though Seth MacFarlane is running this thing, uh, his name is on it. He's the star. They're doing Star Trek straight. They're just doing straight Star Trek for um, for most of it. And they and their social commentary. It's interesting. They have different sides to arguments. They have good chemistry between the characters. It's a really it's a really really good show if you like original Star Trek and the Next Generation. It's a little bit of a blend i feel between the two
1: i will check that out i i uh i like star trek i uh, used to be you know I, i've come around on a lot of things i used to be the star wars camp uh the originals that is i've never liked the prequels i never liked the jj J. abrams movies but the original three i thought were pretty solid uh at least two and a half um but now I love. I really do love going back to watching the. I- I'm more of a next gen guy. I haven't watched a lot of classic Shatner Trek, but I really like next gen. Um, and I, you know, the-, the guys over at Red Letter Media. Not that they need our plug, but um, they've been doing the Picard reviews. And right. I guess season three of Picard finally is back to what Trek should be, um, at least as of now. So maybe My there's Trek hope yet that. My Trek have been telling me to yeah to do that. yeah <laughs> um, to go to the you know. You can only bang the stupid drum so long before you just kind of run out of energy on that, you know? So hopefully they'll get back to what makes Star Trek Star Trek.
0: Yeah, The Orville did. They already did it yeah. in another show. It got taken Bam. away from them.
1: Where it, is it's is The Orville still making new episodes?
0: They so we don't know if there will be a season 4. It's one of those shows where because it doesn't fit a clear genre thing, they they aren't sure if they're going to renew it ever. But yeah. it It has gotten very, very good um, reviews, critical, critic reviews and good, good ratings numbers. So it's science fiction, uh, so it's too high budget. But again, everything, the audience likes it. Um, It's also on Hulu and Disney Plus. I don't know why it's on Disney Plus, but it's on there as well. So you can watch it on either one.
1: It looks like the show was greenlit at Fox for seasons one and two Hulu uh, picked up the rights for season three. Hulu's right. owned by Disney, so now Disney Plus has it's, seasons one through three. It,
0: it could very easily get lost in the shuffle, and they never make a season four because it doesn't. It's not a Marvel movie. You know what I mean? Like, there's not like a necessarily an advocate for it.
1: Well, especially um, now, you know, it's a bloodbath right now. All kinds of projects, series specific, are getting canceled. Even even seasons that had been shot are, are you know the plugs getting pulled. So um, Disney yeah, actually, I was just reading. Yeah, well, I was reading an article today that Disney's about to do some major cut layback or uh, layoffs Layoffs. and and cutbacks. Yeah, Yeah. Um, but anyway, go support the Orville. um, If if it's anything like Dave says, it's a show that needs it, and and it's really good. Don't
0: be put off by the first two episodes, especially the first thirty seconds of the first episode, because that feels like Family Guy. After that, it's straight Star Trek, and you'll like it. All right, excellent. Okay, Dave. Well, thanks so much. What are we watching next week? Oh, I
1: forgot. (laughs) We are going to be watching two uh, movies. Jordan Peele's Nope, his uh, Is It an Alien, Is It a UFO uh, horror film, as well as uh, M. Night Shyamalan's most recent Knock at the Cabin.
0: Awesome. Great. All right, I'll see you next week. All right, see you next week. Bye-bye.